part of the Brave Yes journey, I have learned, is to unwrite some of the stories that are etched into our minds and bodies from childhood. As little girls, we grow up doing what our family told us to do. As modern women and mothers, we see the flaw in this pattern, and many women are trying to change this narrative. Going to church, following a set of religious beliefs, and doing what is expected of you is just one of the many ingrained narratives that women live into. But my guest today, Mara Clements, broke that story for herself, and she's sharing her brave yes journey of having the courage to leave her church. Maybe you're feeling very similar these days. Enjoy her story. You're listening to The Brave Yes, the show where we explore the many brave yes leaps that heart-centered, passionate, and ambitious women must make in order to show up more fully in this world as you, without apology. I'm your host, Sean Fink, the coach for women who are ready to dig out from the rubble of shoulds and expectations and begin your own Brave Yes journey. If you are considering a Brave Yes leap or trying to figure it out, check out my free Rise Stronger 7-Day Challenge to give you the inner resources you need to be more resilient in whatever you do. Go to seanfink.com backslash challenge. We'll also put a link in the show notes and in the blog post that accompanies this podcast. Enjoy today's Brave Yes Voices story. Today, my guest is Mara Irvin Clements. Mara is a community leader, partner, mother, and entrepreneur who is passionate about uncovering people's value and worth, including her own. She practices this in her business, More Space, her business community, Women Connect, and in her family, which she admits might be her biggest challenge. Welcome, Mara. Thank you for having me, Sean. No, I'm so glad that you're here. I want to first, um, I just love to dive in. And since uh, I think this is actually really appropriate, even though it's the question I'm asking every guest as we get started, I want to channel the great mystic Howard Thurman and ask you a very real question, given the state of the world these days. How is it with your soul? Mm, as soon as you asked me that, I felt so many different emotions in my body. Um, the first one was heaviness. And I almost feel a little bit of choking right here, like choking back tears maybe. Um, but at the same time, I feel really excited and hopeful and like I want to be a part of, of this change that's happening or this uncovering and coming back to who we really are. So that's a great question. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and that is just like right where my work is. Exactly. So thank you. I, it's never been a better time to want to get involved and, and be a part of the change. It's just never been better. So, and I agree, um, heavy and hopeful. Thank you. Love that. 
So this show is called The Brave Yes, which was a direct phrase that came out of my mouth the day I decided to pivot my work that I had been doing in the world for about a decade, which was to drop my Abundant Mama brand and come out in the world as myself, Sean, a coach, a whole person, not just a mother. There was a lot more to that story, but the truth is that I have done a lot of brave things and I am always trying to be more brave. I am never done with my journey and part of my Brave Yes journey and the work that I do with women is to help you and others find your inner brave girl to be more authentic, to be more yourself at work, at home and in this world. And so we're here to talk about your Brave Yes journey. And what I know is that there's always sort of this catalytic moment when we decide to leap into the brave yes. So we're gonna actually start with the before. Um, I'd love to know what was going on for you before you took this leap into your brave yes. And then we'll talk about the brave yes itself and what it's led to for you. Oh, <clears throat> well, there's a lot that was going on before and talk about one catalyst for change and. I feel like there were a bunch of little ones leading up to my big yes, my big brave yes. Um, so the things, the little things that pop into my mind are, I grew up in a home where my parents loved me the best that they could, but they came from very um, difficult families. Um, and, and loving too, like they all tried to love each other the best they could, but I want to say it was, there was a lot of lack, um, this mindset of lack instead of abundance, this teaching of, um, you came from original sin as opposed to original blessing, um, a lot of fear. Um, and I don't think that it was conscious fear. I think it was just an underlying sense of fear, like fear of going to hell, fear of doing the wrong thing, fear of not doing enough. Um, like all of these little things that kind of just fed my little innocent spirit and um, kind of covered over who I was when I was born, which was free and, um, and good. And I just started believing these lies because that's what you do when you grow up in a family. They are like your gods, you know, what they believe, what they say is true. And so I covered up who I really was for a long time, which was stubborn, a stubborn girl, a, an adventurous girl. Um, a rebellious girl, um, a girl who wasn't afraid of a lot of things, um, who was curious, who questioned. And I think what compounded the lies was that I grew up in an evangelical church that taught the same thing, you know, that there was a lot to be afraid of. And here's how you protect yourself. And um, one of the ways, one of the things they taught was that um, 
And they didn't do this explicitly all the time. It was more implicit that women didn't hold as much value and worth as men. We weren't allowed to serve in certain areas. Um, we weren't allowed to lead unless it was women or children. And what that says to your soul and your spirit is that you don't matter and that you don't have the same worth as other human beings. And it really weighed on me. Um, and I acted out in a lot of different ways. Um, I think I came across as annoying to people because I asked so many questions and I pushed against those things so hard. But at the same time, I wanted that safety and that protection. Um, and so there was always this inner conflict going on. Um, so then the catalyst, you wanna hear about like the one big brave yes? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I guess I have to talk about going to college first. <laughs> so my parents wouldn't pay for me to go to a musical theater school. <laughs> so um, the next passion that I had was biblical studies. Um, and so I went to college and um, learned hermeneutics. I learned um, Greek translation for the New Testament. Um, because I wanted to know the why behind what I said I believed. And so I really dug in super deep. <laughs> and <You did. laughs> yeah, what was really awesome about the college that I went to was that even though the majority of the professors were, were male, they encouraged my questions. They didn't try and give me answers. They encouraged me to find the answers for myself and they just gave me tools to do that. And they loved my questions. They, I came up with things that they hadn't thought of before. I had one professor that asked me to do research for one of his books for him. Like I was just blown away that, oh my God, my voice matters. And it just rocked my world. And what's sad is after college, I moved to a different state. I moved here to Pennsylvania and started looking for a church because of course, you know, you wanna be comfortable, you wanna be safe. And I found a church that reminded me a lot of the one that I grew up in. Um, the pastor reminded me a little of my dad and all this is subconscious, you know, but- You're trying to be the good girl. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I wanted to feel safe. Um, and then, so I started, like, of course, when I'm listening to sermons because I have this five wing on the Enneagram. I just, you know, was like, okay, he's not, he's not using that word correctly, or there's another interpretation for that. And I'm like writing all of these notes and scripture references and whatever. And I would bring them to the pastor or my small group leader. And it was like, they were slowly pushing me away and pushing me away. Um, this was the kind of church where you had to sign a contract every year um, to say that you believe what they believe, if you wanted to teach and lead, which of course I want to lead, I'm a leader. Um, and you had to be married in order to, to lead women and or women. Um, and my husband, he's a nine on the Enneagram and he, um, he didn't want to lead, you know, so then I couldn't. And it was just like, 
all of these things kept weighing on me and like probably bringing up what I had felt growing up, like questioning, oh, am I, am I, do I matter? Um, am I as important as these people? And I think I just, I think I eventually broke when I started listening to this one particular pastor who was preaching the gospel, which is, um, we define it as the good news of Jesus Christ. And I'd always heard it as like the ABCs to getting to heaven. That was the gospel. But then this guy was preaching it like, um, so God's grace means that no matter what, you're okay. You matter, you're enough right where you are. And it just, that message came at the perfect time, I guess, and just kind of set me free. Like, oh, I don't have to be afraid anymore. I don't have to try so hard to stay in God's good graces or whatever. Like I'm enough. I matter now. And so I started preaching this gospel to the people in my church and like, why aren't we, why aren't we talking about this? Like, this is actual good news. <laughs> and got pushed away even more um, for that. And so finally I was like, okay, I think we just need to leave this. We've grown out of this church environment. Let's move on. And when we did that, um, we tried to do it very respectfully with a letter explaining where we were coming from. We gave them time to, um, to think about what we were struggling with and what we wanted to see. And they just started telling lies about us. They shunned us um, and told my friends to um, be careful around me because I was dangerous and I asked too many questions and all these very hurtful things to hear from leaders who had said that they loved people unconditionally and that, um, you know, you were part of their family. Um, so I think the abandonment was what really rocked my world. And I'm really proud of myself for, for setting boundaries with them and then staying away <laughs> um, and leaving, leaving. That was really hard. If you can imagine leaving your family, basically knowing, okay, this has happened to a lot of people who have left this particular church that they've been shunned and spoken bad about. And I'm just going to risk it. I'm just going to do it. I know it's going to hurt, but I'm trusting that what's on the other side is better. Oh, yeah, totally. What were, uh, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing all of that. I mean, what, what a story. Um, I'm curious, you know, because as you're going through that process of you recognizing that some, this is not feeling, you know, I call it soul alignment, right? Like what you're feeling in your body and your soul is not meshing with what you're actually living or experiencing from, you know, sort of in your environment or those outer um, resources. So what were some of the inner resources and even maybe some outer resources that you needed to rely on or develop as you were kind of beginning this brave yes journey of leaving that church? In other words, what did you really have to do within you to make that happen? 
I, I did a lot of praying, which kind of the definition has morphed for me what prayer is. Um, I think I don't, I didn't realize what I was doing then, but now I realize I was trying to listen for my intuition and I was trying to listen to what I call the Holy Spirit in me. Um, and for so long, I had been told, like, listen to what these older white men who have the Holy Spirit in them say and do what they say. And nobody taught me to listen to God in me. Um, and so I was doing that. I was um, surrounding myself with smart women and women who had already learned to listen and trust their intuition. Mm -hmm. And I think knowing that I had their support helped me take the next step to leap. Um, and then after I left, I, I got therapy. <laughs> I went to, I found a beautiful therapist who I worked with for four years, actually, um, and was consistent with that weekly. Um, I also started going to a 12-step program. It's called ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families. And I started to do a lot of practicing trusting myself, basically, because I've always been a very introspective person, but I never fully trusted my gut. And I still, I still don't. Like, even when you were talking about all these influences outside and inside of me, it all feels very overwhelming to me still. Um, but I'm learning to, to sense that and be aware of that feeling of overwhelm and then be like, okay, what matters right now is that you are present and you're enough. Mm. And I can go from there. Yes, love that. So powerful. It is powerful. It seems, you know, I just want to, you know, I'm big on pointing out people's strengths. And, you know, I think, first of all, you had, you just from like the beginning, you, you were, and women do this all the time and, and they don't know it. You had the perspective to know that something wasn't right. And, you know, adults, <laughs> they like to, they like, and I, I'm, I'm, la I'm laughing at myself as the parent who's probably doing this to her own kids, right? You know, like, but you should listen to me because <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but we know, we, you knew something wasn't right, even from that younger age. And then that carried you through. You just kept listening. So you did have that, that ability to listen to yourself. It was there. You just hadn't cultivated it. And you're still cultivating it, which I think, you know, for some is still, it's just a journey. I didn't, I actually just published a podcast that I'll put in the show notes about my own spiritual path. And I actually think that spirituality is my top strength. Um, I am a literally a spirituality guru. I could live and breathe it, but I didn't go to church. I didn't read the Bible. I wasn't raised in any religion whatsoever other than we were, you know, quote unquote Christians 
um, but we weren't practicing. So when you talk about things, um, you know, I can't imagine living my life had I had that, you know what I mean? So I think what you're, what you've been, from what I can see from you, your journey, your brave yes journey is really taking off those layers of what the church really made, created you to be. That is yeah, so me was. Yeah. And there, and what I love about your story is that it's so common uh, for so many women. I, in my church, we actually have, I go to a very liberal church um, and we actually have a course that people can take to help them heal the trauma that has happened from their past, um, more you know, traditional faith uh, backgrounds. Um, because it really is, it's very traumatizing um, what, what the, the patriarchal church system is doing. Um, but what I think is really lucky for you from some of the clients that I've worked with, because spirituality comes up a lot for my clients, is your partner must have been on board to leave. Whereas some women are in relationships where their partners are not ready to do that. Yeah, so Shane was ready to leave before I was because he didn't have as many friends and connections there. He's more of a more of an introvert than I am. Um, so it took me over a year to finally be on board with him be like, no, I think you're right. I think we do need to go. We've tried everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm really thankful that he was probably one of the pieces that um, gave me the courage or uncovered that courage for yes. me to walk in. Yeah, definitely helped to create that sort of more open path for sure. Uh, a lot of the work I do with my clients is helping them kind of have a stealth, <laughs> a stealth spirituality. I mean, there's, it's unfortunate that some women feel they have to hide how mm -hmm. they're truly feeling, but until you're ready and, you know, they'll get there, right? They keep doing this work. We're surrounding themselves with people like you and I, they'll get there. But it, in that beginning, like just trying to find your voice, just trying to find your beliefs and owning that, I think that is, it's the, that's the messy middle. And it's hard. Yeah. And I think we're in that messy middle, maybe coming out of it. I don't know. We've been in the middle for a long time now because I feel like I went even deeper into the gospel after I left to the point where I don't believe in hell anymore and in the way that I was taught hell. And he still does. And of course, that's scary for him because he's like, what are we going to teach our kids? And like, I don't want them to go to hell, you know? And I respect that he still believes believes that but because I don't I have a lot less fear about a lot of things like I can explore more things I can question more things because I'm not worried about um being burned <laughs> for eternity you know <laughs> um so we're like he's he's become more receptive to my ideas and my curiosity and I'm finding that I have to be more gracious with him because I can't force him to be where I am in my journey. And I could be wrong about a lot of stuff. So um, one thing that I was really appreciative of that was hard for him to walk, to walk through was when I, like I tried to find another church 
a healthier church for about two years after we left. And I just, I kept getting triggered no matter where I went. And I'm sure I visited a lot of awesome churches, but um, I finally was like, Shane, I think it's time that I just take a break from looking for a church, like an institution. And I'm so glad I did. I needed that that break. So it's kind of like the opposite of you. Like I don't belong to an official institution or church right now, but church has taken on a whole different meaning for me as well. Oh yeah. You can do church all week. I'm doing church right now with you. Exactly. This is church, baby. This is church for me. I love connecting and I, you know, I always tell people like, I don't know, like I just live it all day. I mean, I think that's, isn't that like the way we're supposed to do it? You know, advocating for the, the voiceless. And I mean, this is, this is church for, for what we can provide in this world. I think that you are, from even just hearing you speak is church for me. I mean, you're just, you just, you kind of, ex, you just exude love mm-hmm. and, you know, we just need more of that. So that, that is church. So I'm curious um, if you, you know, what, you kind of already touched on this, but I just want to really drive it home a little bit more because, you know, my whole mission is to help women be more themselves instead of putting on the the masks and, you know, the cloaks and the armor, you know, can we be real and, and as ourselves, even if we're imperfect, right? And I love that you don't profess to know all the answers and I don't either. I, you know, I'm always... I always tell my clients, like, I'm just a beginner here. I don't know. I don't know anything. (laughs) So, but who have you become because of this brave yes? Well, the first thing that popped into my head was, well, when you said that I exude love, a lot of people also say that I exude peace. Um, And I do, like, like, if you had known me 10 years ago, oh my gosh. I was a completely different person. I was so worried about what people thought about me. And I still struggle with that, but it doesn't control me anymore like it did. And I would just, I was such an anxious person, like trying to figure out, okay, what does this person need from me so that I can be enough? And you could feel the anxiety. Now I just, I truly believe that I'm enough right now. And so it's like, wow, I can just be, I can just have this conversation. I can mess up and it's okay. I'm enough. (laughs) Love it. Yes. Did you have your business at the time? I did. I did. Um, I did not have Women Connect. In fact, Women Connect came because I'd heard Glennon Doyle talk about how instead of complaining about what we hated about where we came from, what happened to us, what if we create what we wanted? And I wanted a community that was accepting, that was inclusive, that wasn't judgmental, that wasn't based on fear, but was based on love and connection and growth. And um, and I know that the church I came from can probably be that for certain people and personalities, but it could not be that for me. And so I started to, I first started this thing called table with my friend, Nikki, and it was, um, we reached out to women who were questioning 
their faith um, and women who had studied different faiths and we just asked really probing questions and then just all went around the table and talked about what our feelings were, what our opinions were, what we've been researching or learning or hearing. And um, then when I had this opportunity to take um, the name of this business expo, I had run with a few friends, Women Connect. Um, I was like, I asked a couple of my girlfriends if they wanted to start a business community where we would practice authenticity, where we practice inclusion, where we practice diversity and growth. And they hopped on board and then Women Connect grew from there. And it's even better now than it, it's just gonna keep getting better. I think if we stay connected to our values um, and our purpose, as you know, like, cause we both went through the Dare to Lead program with Nicole Lewis Kieber and Brene Brown. And that just solidified for me, like, oh my God, I'm on, I'm where I need to be right now. Yes. And I'm making a lot of mistakes. You can just ask Kate, but <laughs> um, she's been such a perfect partner for me um, because we, we complement each other. Um, where she's weak, I'm strong and vice versa. And so I'm learning so much. Um, but yeah, your question was about more space and I did have that business before and I just feel like it's taken off since I found myself, you know? Yes. So there's so much good that has come from that. Ugh. Like all the people that I meet now and get to be in contact with because I have left an oppressive environment and open myself up to new ideas and new way, new perspectives that I was afraid of before. So many benefits. It's liberation. Yeah. And, and there's so much more to come. Like, I feel like I was kind of blinded before. And then this is just like opening, opening my eyes to all the freedom that I have and that I've always had but there's all of this behind me that I don't see yet. And I'm just walking into it and experiencing it more and more. Um, it's taking longer than I want it to. <laughs> and I'm still learning that the journey's, the journey's where it's at. It's not about getting there. It's about enjoying where you are. That's really hard for me. I don't know if that's because of my personality or because because you're human. <laughs> okay. So it's like that for you too. It's because you have a brain. Okay. Yeah. It's just your brain. Just say, that's just my brain. That's my brain that wants to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, what you just talked about really brought up something that's for me, um, that landed for me that I kind of feel bad about for myself. It's, this goes back to, I always talk about like how I see like my negatives as I can try to turn them into my strengths. And this is one of those cases where I'm a bit of a non-conformist and a little anti-authoritarian, probably because first of all, I was a raised um, only child. I had like in 1974, uh, you know, I was a 70s, early 80s kid and, you know, we weren't parented. <laughs> so I just got to do whatever I wanted to do. Um, and I grew up in that kind of mindset and I was just go-getter 
from the beginning. I did not have support to go to college. I did not, I am still the only college graduate in my family. And I probably will always be the only college graduate. But my point here is that I am so anti-authoritarian that I, I really struggle with the fact that, um, and, and this is probably in other countries too, but Americans especially really like to worship people, celebrities, um, celebrities especially, or celebrity personalities. And I think we're kind of seeing what we've seen in this last few weeks, what happens when we worship people and their gospel, whatever it is, right? I mean, it can be the gospel of anything. And if you take it at face value without doing that inner work, processing it, questioning it, turning it over, then you just, you're just, you're not thinking for yourself. You're not being you. Um, so I just wanted to point that out because as you're in your journey, uh, maybe you can learn a little from me that, you know, <laughs> be careful who you're worshiping, right? <laughs> Even yeah. people. I mean, I've learned um, in business, I've learned, I followed some amazing people in business and they led me in the wrong direction because mm -hmm. they seemed like they knew what they were doing, right? Um, so I just think that it's, we all need to be a little careful in that direction. So what is your litmus test, so to speak, when you're listening to, to someone relay information, like, how do you know, okay, this is something that I want to explore yeah. or how do you know this is something that I want to dismiss? Great question. Um, well, first of all, I think anybody who demonstrates humility and um, imperfect action is always the ones to be trusted. <laughs> so Brene Brown is like top in my book. She's probably the only person I do kind of worship because, and here's why I admire her so much, because literally everything that she says out loud are things that I think I would never say out loud, right? Like, <laughs> so the fact that she's so honest with her misgivings and her mistakes and how she has messed up, that tells me she's the real deal. Yeah. Her, yeah. Her authenticity and wisdom are so well blended together. It's, it's healing. It's like therapy listening to her. It is because it's like, here's this um, amazing, you know, she's a celebrity, but she's also like filthy rich, right? At this point. And yet she doesn't get on the airplane to get to her bookings. You know, like this is like, okay, she's real. <laughs> she's, she's imperfect and, and yet wise. And I think um, those are the people that I seek out and that I try to really surround myself with rather than people who think they have all the answers, um, never make any mistakes, um, or they you know, kind of give fake stories of mistakes, which is even more annoying. <laughs> or fake, you know, they, they over-dramatize their problems. Um, you know, all just humility. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm a tough audience, I'll be honest, um, which is why I'm so passionate about this Brave Yes series, only offering voices that are fresh and not celebrity. Um, you know, I'm not looking to, you know, I don't want more like talking heads. I really want real people's stories who are doing the work. So I have um, a couple more questions here. Um, the, the one is just, you know, I'd love to know what wisdom you'd like to offer 
to maybe one of our listeners right now um, who may be in that oppressive church situation that you were in and what, you know, just what guiding wisdom would you like to offer to them today? Um, this, this is an important question and I'm wrestling inside with like, what wisdom would I have to give? But um, I'm not gonna listen to that voice. Very good. Very I good. think what I wish that someone would have told me sooner is that what what you feel matters and is worth exploring. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, anxious, afraid, mostly if you're feeling afraid, explore that feeling, get still, get quiet and just listen. And then follow your gut, just try it and see what happens. Um, also surround yourself with people who are loving and gracious and kind and humble like like you were saying Sean um mm -hmm. because if you do mess up you want those people around you to to love you anyway absolutely yeah I love that and you know I think it's it's easy to think there's nobody around um who are going through these things or having these same thoughts but I can assure you there are many, many, many. <laughs> there are many. It's it's just about your circle of influences, right? It's like once you find one, there will be others. And, and then it's the law, the law of attraction. You'll just be, suddenly you'll just have a whole new circle. Um, and so, I yeah, I think that support piece is so huge. In yeah, fact, absolutely. I, was I just, remember. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I remember I was one of the only people that was vocal about what was happening in my transition out of that church. And um, maybe it was because Facebook was pretty big then. And I didn't care that they didn't want me to do that. And um, you would not believe how many people called me, came to my house, texted me, messaged me and said, this has happened to me from different states um, and said, thank you so much for putting words to this because I was ashamed to say anything or I thought I was wrong and all this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like something, I did not realize how many people have been hurt by the institution of church. So I think it's so cool that your church offers a course in that because it is traumatic. It, it can be traumatic for so many people, especially people who've um, experienced trauma in their childhood too, and especially women. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I do so strongly believe that the speaking out about everything, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just, I, I get emails um, quietly all the time from women saying, thank you for being so vocal about, you know, issues in politics or social justice. And I think we saw so much in, in anti-racism 
happen this year because people weren't afraid to speak up. I mean, you know, you started a group to really explore this and that that really empowers others to say, you know what, I, 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 that's what I believe too, you know, and, and, they, and then their actions start to change. So I think speaking up is, is huge. That's the only way that they're gonna actually get to the, the oppression of the church is just finally speaking out. Yeah, uh, yeah, admitting we were wrong, taking ownership and responsibility for the part that we still play in the oppression, and then taking steps towards doing it better and differently. Doing it better, yes, perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the work you know. I was I was just this morning. I was doing some journaling and just kind of haphazardly, <laughs> I wrote the words that I want to be the midwife for a woman's brave yes, Ooh. because it's scary. It's scary, exciting work, and I think that we do need people to help us walk through it. Um, and so you know, I just want to say, like, if you're if you want to change the church. You got to do the work. You've got to be willing to put the time and the energy in and whatever that looks like. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just so much work to be done. I'm writing that down. That's a really great picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I have some final fun questions to ask you. Okay. To close out our, our wonderful time together. What does Brave Yes mean to you? Um, a brave yes involves risk and you like, whatever you're saying yes to has to be worth losing something really important to you. Yes. Yes. There is something to sacrifice. Yeah. I had to sacrifice comfort and safety for freedom and my voice. Goodness gracious, that's so powerful. Thank you. Definitely loving that. Okay, favorite life adventure you have already experienced? Um, the first one that comes to my mind is getting lost in the Andes Mountains overnight, rationing out my food with my friends that I was with, and then by God's grace, finding the church that we were supposed to find at the other side of the mountain. Wow. <laughs> That's quite a life experience. Not having, was, yeah. that, not having that in the COVID era. Mm -mm. So what is a future life adventure that you would like to experience? Um, maybe getting a like one of those mobile tiny homes and just driving across the country and it, just exploring the US. Mm, that would Maybe running for office someday. This is the first time I've said it out loud um, because you know I have this fear like I'm not the kind of I don't have the kind of smarts that you need for politics <laughs> um, but I have the heart I think that politics needs so I don't know. It's just a thought and I'm saying it out loud just in case. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and um, I don't know if you knew this, but I actually worked in politics for uh, some time. So we can talk. Okay. 
I have some thoughts on what you just said. <laughs> Lots of them. <laughs> okay, so what is it? What is a recent book that you've read that inspired you or that you just absolutely loved? I would recommend if you haven't read it already, which I'm sure most people have, is The Shack. And it's old, but it changed my perspective on God. Um, instead of viewing God as a old man in the sky who was just waiting for me to do something wrong so he could strike me down. Um, I view God more as love and um, and that's one of the things that helped me strip away that fear that I grew up being um, like chained by. Good to know. I think I have that on my shelf and never, and never did actually read it. I think I was afraid. Dawn, you didn't read that I yet? I was afraid it was going to be too much of the white, you know, the white guy in the sky God. So I was just like, eh. <laughs> oh, you are going to love it. Okay. I'm going to dig through and see if I have it. <laughs> okay. Final question. Who is someone you admire for their courage and authenticity and why? Um, I'm really into Michelle Obama right now. Mm. I have been for, for a little while, but I finally got her book and I listened to all her podcasts. I binged it. I've really, I've listened to a lot of her interviews on different podcasts and, um, she's got that perfect blend of authenticity and power, yeah. um, and wisdom and love and courage. So mm -hmm. I, I'm like still soaking her in. Oh, that's like the best choice. Yeah. I totally agree. Could listen to her all day. Yeah. <laughs> all day. Yeah. Perfect. And she's funny too. She's hilarious. And she's like, yeah, no, I am not running for office. You know, don't even like, <laughs> <laughs> haven't you just really needed to laugh this year mm. oh I've been listening to a lot of um armchair expert too with Dax oh, Shepard and Monica Podman and oh good stuff that's a great mix too yes talk about humility messing up making amends yeah absolutely perfect perfect all of this has been so perfect I've loved every second of this church hour with you. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story. How can our listeners learn more about you or connect with you uh, further? Um, if what I said resonated with you and you just want to say me too, or if you want to ask any questions or give me some advice or wisdom, you can um, find me on Facebook or Instagram. You can also email me, marasu at gmail.com. Um, on Instagram, I'm more space organizing. Um, the links in the show notes and on cool. the post. Yeah. Yeah. And same with Women Connect if you wanted to learn more about um, that group. It's for women who have found their power through business and are using their, their voice through that avenue. And because of COVID, it's no longer just geographically based. Is that true? Right. So anyone can join. We have 
um, a $5 monthly meetup. And then we have um, some strategy squads that we started. Um, if Which you're one. Yeah. So if you're a woman in business who just wants to have some accountability and some motivation to set and reach goals, then you can join one of those. Perfect. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. I, it has been a pleasure. Same. Thank you, Sean. 